Hello and welcome to the Upgrade School Marketing Podcast, the podcast for busy school marketers. I am Matt Soule, Director of Marketing Communications at Chapel Hill Chauncey Hall School. Hi, I'm Angie Ward. I am the founder and president of Enroll Media Group, a digital marketing agency for schools. There we go. Angie, I hate to say it, but summer is just about over. It some, is. In some cases, over. And it flew by. I cannot do you, we had a, a thing here. It's kind of like an ongoing joke, I guess, but throughout the whole school year, whenever there's something like a big project going on, something that's like, you know, it always gets put as like, you know, that, that'd be a good, we should check that out this summer, the summer, we should do that. We'll do that the summer, the summer. And then we get into the summer and the list is just giant list of things to do. And um, the summer flies by and we're doing so. Um, I don't know. Do you, do you have your summer projects? Yeah. Um, I was going to write a blog this summer. <laughs> uh, I was going to do all the, all the things and oh. um, got none of them done, but we've been so busy helping schools that, you know, our, our marketing efforts kind of come second to that. Uh, but I'm with you. The summer's usually that time I'm going to clean and organize my house and get things done professionally. And it flies by, but you know what? We had time to enjoy it. So I am grateful for the time I had to enjoy uh, the sunshine when we had it. And I'm looking forward to the fall. It's, my, it's actually my, one of my favorite seasons. So True. Definitely. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. It is definitely. Fall New England is by far my favorite season, for sure. Um, so yes, we're, we're into it. Planning open houses, planning events, planning fundraisers. So um, you know, just as a, you know, future podcasts, uh, anyone who has like, you know, we're talking open house promotion, we're talking marketing, uh, kind of going into the, into the school year. So if anybody has any ideas or things that they'd like to hear about for sure, reach out to us. And today we have an exciting one. We do. We have Michael Shaver from the association of boarding schools. He's a great guy. And, uh, we've been meaning, meaning to have him as a guest for a while. We finally have him today for you. Michael's the VP of Marketing and Information Management for TABS. Michael leads the association's global marketing and communication efforts to help families understand the power of boarding and why boarding school might be the right fit for their family. In addition, Michael works closely with TABS member schools to understand student recruitment trends and to develop data-driven strategies that can expand their applicant pool. Prior to joining TABS, Michael worked in educational recruitment strategies around the world. He has a bachelor's degree in international marketing and Japanese, as well as a master's degree in technology. He's taught courses, college courses at Eastern Illinois University and Rochester Institute of Technology, as well as um, in university at, in Worms, Germany. Uh, Michael is also a boarding school parent. Uh, his eldest son is a boarding school graduate and his younger son is currently in boarding school. So he certainly knows the market and we're really excited to jump in our, to our conversation with Michael. All right. Welcome, Michael. Thank you so much for joining us today. How are you? I'm well, Matt. Thank you for having me. This is actually my very first podcast, so I'm really excited hey. to be participating. So nice. I did and and have written articles and blogs, but this will be my first podcast. Awesome. We're excited to have you here for your first the first time. Um, we'll make it fun um, and we'll jump right into it, too, because I know you have we've gone through like you have a lot to talk about and talk about international students. So the first thing I really wanted to just jump right in is, um, you know, what's happening from your point of view in the international landscape for boarding schools here in the United States? Yeah. I mean, obviously, we're in a very interesting period of time. Before COVID, I think we were starting to get a really strong pulse on different markets around the world, and we were seeing growth in Russia and Kazakhstan and Colombia. 
And then of course, COVID comes in and kind of throws everything off. Um, and we started to see some interesting anomalies. We saw a an exponential growth in applications from Brazil. And then we started to see the decline of applications from China. And so I think this being kind of the second year back um, for marketing and recruitment efforts for international students, I think we're going to start to get a better sense of whether that COVID bump or dip, depending on what you experience, is over, or will those actually be longer lasting trends? Um, I think everybody is asking about China and has an interest in China. Um, and so we have done some surveying and looked at some data with our schools. And what we have seen um, in Chinese application numbers pre-COVID versus basically post-COVID is that yes, there was a decrease in application numbers to our boarding schools. About 70% of our boarding schools saw a decrease in applications from China. And then another 20% said they remained about the same. And so we really only had about 10% of our schools that saw a significant growth. And so as we look at the data more, what we're starting to see is that we, even though we've had a decline, we actually still have plenty of applications to go around. The challenge is those Chinese applications are not distributed throughout our membership. So, you know, many of our school, the schools that had tons of Chinese applications prior to COVID are still getting a ton of applications and even more. And then other schools are declining. So for me, in my role, what I am looking at is when we're focusing on China and marketing out to China, that we need to help Chinese families understand about fit, about how to find the right school, and then also help schools tailor their messaging and their value proposition to Chinese families. Got it. That makes sense. And that will kind of diversify, you know, where the applications are going and help some of those other member schools. Yeah. That's what we're hoping. Got it. Now, in the, you know, tabs data that you guys have been able to pull together, is anything jumping out to you as kind of a clear trend in terms of other locations that are seeing increases in, in applications here for the U.S. boarding schools? Um, like I said, we saw a, a big growth in applications from Brazil. We're still waiting to see if that what if there were what factors that played. But I think no surprise to anyone and the, the country I get the most questions about is India. And we are seeing growth um, in interest for boarding schools in India. We're not seeing a growth in applications yet, but when we look at our boardingschool.com analytics, India continues to, to be moving up the, the chart um, based on the interest. What is interesting with India is that it's what I call a reverse market. So student recruitment for India started with PhD programs, and now it's gone down to master's. And that's really the bulk of kind of the recruitment in India. We're starting to slowly see the trickle down into bachelor's degrees. So I don't think we're at a phase where we will see significant applications for K through 12 or boarding schools. I think we're at the infancy stage where as tabs, we are trying to 
lay the groundwork for future efforts. So just helping families understand what is boarding school, why should a family look at boarding school as an option for their education. Um, and so that's where we're moving. Not saying that a school couldn't get applications from India. I just don't think it's a significant market yet. Another thing that is interesting, as we start to get applications from India, I think what we're going to see are many of the students having dual citizenship. Many of the students that we, because it was a reverse market, many of the students that are gonna be boarding school age, and we're even seeing this in higher ed, were born in the US while their parents were doing a master's or PhD program. So I think that's gonna be an interesting factor as the India market grows. Another country I think that is really interesting is we are starting to see a regrowth in Japan. So Japan was a very significant market for boarding schools in I would say the 80s, 90s, and then had dipped off in the late 90s and early 2000s. But as we look at the data and as we talk to families, what we're seeing is the students that went to boarding school in the 80s and 90s are now parents and they want their children to have a similar experience. So I think we're gonna, as we see more and more of our alum become parents, we're gonna see an increase in the Japanese market. Also, we're starting to see an increase or more of an interest in junior boarding schools in the Japanese market. Oh, okay. And then I think for me, some of the countries I'm keeping an eye on because I think I'm gonna, we're gonna see more and more opportunities are countries like Albania, Azerbaijan, Rwanda, Bangladesh, Uzbekistan, Tajikistan, Guyana. So I definitely think there are some emerging markets that we're maybe not going to see in the next couple of years, but will be, a, I would say, rising markets a little further into the future. Wow, that's great. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, that's already, I think I... Uh... A good to-do item already out of this is to go back into alumni from Japan back in the 80s and 90s. I'm, I'm going to do this after this to go through and see. But that's a really good, that could be a really good targeted campaign right there to to find those alumni from that that span of years and outreach with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so with all the, you know, there's a lot of countries that are, you know, sort of on the list to to kind of to keep an eye on and to to outreach to. Do you have any recommendation as far as like how schools are using their digital marketing um, in general with international students? Yes, um, I we're getting more and more questions about digital marketing. I actually think it's a new frontier for a lot of the boarding schools. Up until COVID, everything was in person. We did in-person fairs, they did in-person interviews, um, et cetera. And then COVID hit and we had to move to virtual or digital. And I still think it's a growing interest and area for boarding schools. And so I'm getting more and more schools asking about CRMs, about drip campaigns, social media, analytics, and even website. Um, advice. You know, we get a lot of questions about, should we translate our whole website into six different languages? And I don't think, I usually tell them, I don't think you need to do all that work. It's expensive. It's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. Um, But what I do encourage schools to do is maybe create one page on their website that is in a local language and targeted to parents in that country. So you have one page in Vietnamese 
that is targeted at Vietnamese parents. Um, and I see some interest there because a lot of times the students may speak English, but the parents don't. Um, and so having some information that you've kind of collated from all your different pages that really speak to parents and putting that in their local language, I think can be really helpful. Um, and so that's where we're seeing a lot of growth and obviously a lot of interest in how to use GA4 and other analytic tools. I really love that concept of having a landing page in the, the native language of that country, because you think about when you're traveling as well, um, having a QR code on that postcard, they can scan that goes right there, put a UTM code on that, see, you know, where, you know, people came from, as opposed to just seeing it as direct, you can actually see what postcard they scanned or um, business cards, we see that as well. Uh, people putting those QR codes right on their business cards. So it's a really great opportunity for that that ed consultant perhaps to link in their profile to some of these school pages in that native language as well. Exactly. Oh, I love that. Well, I'm a, a Google Analytics geek, so I, I know we had you, we had you present to our schools, and it was I even learned stuff in that presentation. So thank you. Yes, you're welcome. I've been on this kind of GA4 world tour. I feel like, um, but one of the things that's jumping out to me. Um, for some of our partner schools are all these, yeah, some of the countries that you mentioned, like we're seeing rises in, in website traffic um, mm -hmm. from different countries um, around Brazil and Argentina. And it's just amazing to me to think about, okay, well, what are these families doing? And what does that experience look like? They're going to the homepage and then they're going to the international admissions page. And sometimes it's just one very short page and it just talks a lot about the application process yep. and not the actual value of the experience they'll get there, getting an education there. So those are some great tips. Um, I'd love to just um, ask you, you know, what other questions are you getting from your member schools? Um, what's TAB seeing in terms of questions that schools have around marketing or just in general? How, how, what's the, what's the pulse and, and what are schools needing at this time? Like I said, I think a lot of it is schools wanting to learn how to use data more effectively. Um, I think a trend that we are going to see in admissions practice is the shift away from reliance on one or two countries to mm -hmm. an admissions practice where we need to reach out to students in a lot of different countries. And how do we do that probably without increased staff and without an increased budget? And I think digital marketing is has to be the answer to that. And so a lot of questions around digital marketing and analytics and how do we tailor our marketing and our communications to those different cultures and what are those different cultures and countries looking for, what's important to them, how do we segment them out. And I think that's really what schools are looking at is they're realizing international recruitment is not a one size fits all the way that you engage with a student from, or a family from China versus a family from Mexico or Brazil is going to be very different. They have different factors that they're looking at. They have different wants, different needs. Um, and I think schools are starting to realize that and then thinking about how can we use digital marketing to reach more students in more countries. So, if you were to give um, one one thing that's most important for schools to do this fall, as they're going in, we're going into the fall, um, 
every school I'm talking to is super focused on international, whether it's, you know, like what we're saying, like, how do you, how do you get the right message out or what should we be on? Like, what platform should we be on? Like, you know, all these different things. But if you were to give one thing that is just a top level thing that somebody who is in my seat, school marketing at a school right now should be focused on, it should be doing, what would you say that is? It's data. Looking at any data you can get your hands on, analyzing it, um, seeing how it is applicable to your school and your marketing efforts. And then I think from there, schools need to be very strategic about the countries that they are going to target. Like I said, it's not a one size fits all. So if you are saying we are going to target Brazil and Nigeria, you need to create separate campaigns, separate processes for each of those countries so that you can ensure that you are investing in efforts that are going to be a better return on investment. I don't think we're, we're past the phase where you can just put a general post on Facebook and assume it's going to just speak the same to families around the world because it doesn't. Families are looking at different things around the world. Now, there are some things that are pretty ubiquitous across like families when they think about factors. You know, college placement is always huge. Safety is always a big concern. Um, academic programs and opportunities are a big concern. But I think even within those, there are there are factors that families are thinking about that schools aren't always thinking about. So the, the question I get from families specifically around safety is, yes, we know this campus is safe. They have a fence around or they have security guards, et cetera. But what happens to my student when they go to the mall on the weekend? Or what happens when they're walking down the street? So they wanna know not necessarily about the on-campus safety. Yes, that's important, but what's the community around the campus? How supportive are they? And I think those are factors that schools can focus on. Um, I'm also surprised um, at how impressed many international families are with facilities. And I think schools take this for granted. Many of our international families can't even fathom facilities that are better than universities in their own country. You know, and, and many of our campuses are on par with top universities here in North America. And I think that's, I think we need to move away from we're on 500 beautiful acres in New, New Hampshire or wherever and focus on this is our science facility. This is, you know, different things like that, that families that I think we take for granted is that they don't, that they also have, they don't know what they don't know. Um, and then I think the, the last two are a little more intangible, and I think it is the intangible benefits, like the independence that students get, the social skills, the conflict resolution skills. I think those are really important to think about when you're marketing to international families. And then the last one I would say is belonging. And what is the campus culture like? And talking specifically to that, how are students especially international students supported on campus. What about food, et cetera? Um, and so like Angie, what you were saying is that usually it's just one basic page that this is how the application process is different for international students. I really think we need to move into a place where we have international student pages that are more built out and are talking to more 
to factors and questions that international students specifically have. I love that. Can I follow up with just one thing on that? Just, um, Mm -hmm. just, I know you're talking about just like the things they're looking for. And we've talked about like digital marketing, but, um, one thing that like always comes up to me and I always, you know, it's hard to measure, but I always assume that this is like one of the most powerful things we can do. And it's, it's word of mouth with current students, with alumni, with current families that you have on your campus. Um, but, you know, it's always tricky. You're working on time zones, you're working with languages, you're working all across the board. So I didn't know if you had any sort of best practices or some wins that other schools have had or anything that you've seen that it would really be good for schools to know in, in terms of how you can amplify your word of mouth internationally. Yeah, I always tell schools, if you can, connect students with students and parents with parents. You know, whatever, whether you have an ambassador program, especially if you can connect, you know, same country to same country. If not, at least try to connect region to region um, and have those opportunities. I think alumni are a great asset. They're a lot of times in the country. Can they do some information sessions? I think you need to make sure that you are training them properly, that they're not too far removed from the school um, because your school back in the 60s or 70s is probably very different than it is now. Um, and so making sure that um, they have the right understanding. Um, but I always say, if you can connect students with students and parents with parents, that's gold. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and there's a, there's a lot of great tools out there that can help with that as well. Um, you can kind of find these plugins to add onto the website or through your email marketing campaign, give contact information through those ambassadors. I also wanted to mention there's some great websites out there. When we look at the data, when we're looking at Google Analytics data, um, you know, Study International, Finding School, U.S. Boarding Schools, Boarding School Review, all of those great websites um, really lean into those because they have heavy international use. And so really making sure that you're calling out the things that you mentioned, Michael, it's a balance. It sounds like it's a balance of um, outcomes and, you know, what your student will get, but also making sure you're balancing that with the experience as well as something as simple as the facilities and the state of the art STEM center. Um, and also, you know, what else is around? So I, I think one of the things that we see is, um, parents looking to know, okay, where's the nearest city? Where's the nearest airport? Like, you know, you're in New York state, but what does that look like for somebody if you're upstate New York versus the city? And so definitely calling out the location as well. Um, the, there have been, uh, a lot of tips here in this conversation, in this conversation around, you know, what to market and sort of what to say and how to stand out, um, in terms of the platforms that you can do. So I think I I would agree that it's your website and those landing pages. Those are a great place to start. And once you have those bones in place, then you can really start to market even more, like build those specific postcards, maybe put together a paid advertising campaign. A lot of these countries use Google and you can simply run a Google ads campaign or meta campaign if they're using Facebook and Instagram. So I just wanted to mention, we're seeing some success there in the advertising space, but it goes so much further when you, when you have that page that speaks to all of these things. So those were some great um, pieces of advice there. Um, Add in for any tabs member schools, we have boardingschools.com, which sees over 100,000 visitors every year and schools can update their profiles at any time. And so they can go in and, and add in some of these factors that maybe they haven't talked about previously or add in new videos or add in new photos of things that might be more important to international families. 
Yes, that's great. What a great resource for the member schools. Do you have any other final tips or advice before we close out this podcast today? Um, I think, like I say, I'm I'm big on data right now. So we are really, Tabs, myself, I think everybody right now is really focused on data. I think we're at a place where we're going to see bigger changes in markets and even fast, them happening even faster than they have before with currency, with politics, with a lot of different factors. So I think the more you can try to stay up to date with data and trends, the more effective your marketing can be. Great. Now, are there any, um, you know, we talked a little bit about, the, um, you know, like you can't just put a message on Facebook and all that. Are there any platforms internationally that you've seen that are kind of like becoming more, having more weight to them that, you know, schools should be looking at, like making sure that they're publishing to or subscribe to or are on? Let me say TikTok. Yeah. So I was just going to say last year was, I think the first year that we saw a big increase in boarding schools using TikTok for marketing. Um, I think everybody is now thinking threads and what do we do there? Um, And then obviously in some countries and some regions, you do have specific platforms, WeChat, QQ, Line, WhatsApp, um, that if you are marketing countries that use those platforms, make sure that you are on there and that you have done that research um, and make sure that you kind of understand how you can use it to the best of your ability. For example, WeChat, if you're not in mainland China, your functionality is much more limited than somebody who is using it from mainland China. And so some schools have then hired somebody in China to run their WeChat platform. So um, just kind of doing research along those lines. Michael, so people who want to hear more from you, how can they get in contact with you? So the first place I would go is tabs.org. My information is there. Plus, we have some resources that are available for people to look at. But if you want to reach out to me directly, my email is shaver at tabs.org. And so those are the best ways to get a hold of me or my colleagues. Wonderful. And we know that TABS um, is going to be out and about. We've got the annual conference um, in Boston. Matt and I are in the Boston area, so we will be there. And you also have some international uh, travel coming up as well, right? Yes, we'll be holding international fairs um, mid-September through mid-October in China, Vietnam, Japan, Mexico, Colombia, and Brazil. Wonderful. Well, thanks again for being here, Michael, and I look forward to seeing you in Boston. And uh, we hope to connect again and do another podcast sometime soon. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. It was a pleasure. Um, And I look forward to hearing from some of the listeners and working with the both of you again in the future. There's so much in there uh, from Michael. Uh, Thank you again, Michael, for being for making us your first podcast that you've ever been on. You did amazing. Um, I have my my notes here from just that talk are huge. I have so much to uh, to put here and we're going to put it all uh, on the site. So if you're listening to this somewhere, make sure to go to the site where you'll get to see a lot of the resources from uh, some of the landing pages or the, the different resource pages that he mentioned. Um, so that'll all be on there. But uh, thank you so much. I think it it is useful, actionable, hopeful information to go into this fall with and to really make that international student recruitment plan. 
Yeah. Michael had so many great things to offer on that podcast. Thanks again, Michael. Before we close out today's episode, we do have an A plus of the episode. And this week's A plus um, goes out to the team at St. Andrew's School in Boca Raton, Florida. Carlos did an amazing job working on their new website. It just launched. Um, it You guys can check it out at standrews.net. We will link to St. Andrew's new beautiful website, um, as well as all the resources we talked about today on UpgradeSchoolMarketing.com. And I'm personally really excited for St. Andrew's School. Um, Final Site did the website. Carlos uh, put a lot of work into it. When you check it out, you'll know it really just kind of tells a story um, about the school. And I think it really reflects their brand uh, really well. I'll actually be pre uh, presenting at the TABS annual conference with St. Andrew's School. We're going to be talking about Bing ads and how they can be included in an overall digital marketing strategy. So I'll be with the team there this fall as well at the TABS conference. That was a seamless A plus into a plug. That was perfect. Yes. Well yep. done. Well done. <laughs> um, you're good at this. Uh, so thank you all. Yeah. And congratulations, St. Andrews. The site looks amazing. Um, and thank you everybody for, for listening, watching and make sure, you know, join us on LinkedIn. Um, you can follow along, you can give comments and future topics that you'd love to hear and to subscribe on the website. So you get first notice when we publish a new episode. Uh, thank you again for listening. Thanks. We'll see you next time.